0: This Washington Post Live podcast is sponsored by Hewlett Packard Enterprise, providing expertise and infrastructure to help companies transform their business with AI. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to
1: life on stage. On Thursday, January 10th, the Washington Post brought together pioneering researchers, technology innovators, business leaders, and other experts for Transformers Artificial Intelligence. Speakers discussed the latest advances in artificial intelligence, considered how its applications impact our daily lives, and explored critical questions that will profoundly affect the way we integrate and utilize this swiftly evolving technology, from government policy to medical diagnoses to our criminal justice system. What happens when artificial intelligence surpasses human intelligence? In this segment, experts discuss the potential risks and great opportunity presented by technology so advanced that it outpaces human cognition. Let's listen.
0: Well, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Kat Zekreski. I'm the anchor of our Technology 202 newsletter here at The Post, and I'm really excited to kick off the last panel of the day with you at our AI Transformers event. Um, we've got a great panel coming up where we'll talk a lot about the future of artificial intelligence and whether we're on a path to see robots surpass human intelligence and, and what some of the ethical implications of that could be. And so um, I'm excited to welcome our panelists. Um, we have Yibiao Zhao, who's the co-founder and CEO of IC, a startup developing humanist AI for self-driving cars. And we have Philippe Naxon, and he's an investor in AI and robotics technology, and he created the Robot of the Year competition. So thank you both so much for being with us today.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And so just to kick things off, I mean maybe um, could you tell us a little bit about IC and what the work you're doing is on humanistic AI, what that means?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, glad to be here. Um, so. Uh, At IC, we're working on the humanistic AI. So we know that there's a lot of companies uh, working in this space, but most of the companies um, trying to help autonomous vehicles to see. But we know the seeing is not understanding, right? So um, as a human, we can very good, we're very sensitive to understand other people's intention, understand other people's preference, or even emotions right? We need to enable autonomous driving vehicles that be able to understand other human drivers in the environments so um, so that the cars can understand others and be able to collaborate with others well. Sometimes they also even need to negotiate with other human drivers when they need to interact or merge into a tight space. So that's what we're doing.
0: Interesting. And I, I'm looking forward to digging into some of the ethical challenge that mm-hmm. that m- ethical challenges that that must present, and Philippe, um, can you tell us a little bit about the work you've been doing as an AI investor and, and what the Robot of the Year competition is?
1: Sure. Um, hello, everyone. Um, yes, basically the, the, the objective was really to create an ecosystem that was uh, allowing to or promoting uh, positive innovations uh, for humans in AI and robotics. Um, so uh, the different sort of uh, approaches that were uh, taken um, by, by me and by, by my team was basically to set up a, an international competition called as you said the robot of the year which elects the best innovations positive uh, for humans in AI and robotics and so in 11 uh, industry sectors and um, basically the the objective was really to uh, promote those innovation by proposing them uh, some form of financing which uh, is coming through the um, AI van fund which is an impact fund the first in Europe um, and 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 therefore sort of putting a, in place an ecosystem that really favors those innovations and Having, giving them access to a, a different sort of level of expertise, which is a combination of different type of vision that we embrace within the, the panel of the Robot of the Year, involving uh, scientists, uh, but also uh, philosophers, sociologists, and entrepreneurs, to keep all, always like a very tangible prism in terms of how we approach ethics uh, when AI and, and robotics are concerned.
0: And I just want to remind our audience here today um, that you can tweet questions um, to these panelists um, using the hashtag PostLive, and and also for viewers who are tuning in from home. And um, so along those lines, can you tell us a little bit about some of the companies that have won the Robot of the Year competition? Sure. Uh, We
1: had actually the first edition at the end of last year in uh, Paris um, at Station F, which is a big incubator uh, located in the center of Paris. Uh, The winners of the competition were um, Wondercraft, which is a skeleton a uh, company creating skeletons, or allowing paralyzed people to be able to walk, and the second prize was uh, a green culture, uh, uh, an agriculture uh, robot, uh, basically uh, allowing farmers to uh, upload their, you know, their heavy uploads for, uh, from their day-to-day jobs. Uh, so we're, those were the two, uh, the two uh, uh, winners, and we've seen actually a lot of innovation, interesting enough, in um, environment, uh, healthcare, and education sectors. Um, those those three sectors were actually the the most prominent ones, uh, within all the the applica- applications that we've had.
0: And so, along those lines, I think that it's you know pretty obvious how we could see societal be- benefits from an exoskeleton that paralyzed people could use, or for technologies for farmers, but. What about when those technologies could have unintended consequences? I mean, we know the Pentagon, too, is interested in exoskeleton mm-hmm. technology. So how do you weigh those concerns as you invest so, in this technology? So
1: the, 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 um, first of all, the, the startups that want to apply for the robot of the year competition have to meet our 10 ethical criteria that are you know embracing or uh, making even more, giving, highlighting the importance of privacy of data, pluralism of opinions, Um, and and the decision-taking process as well, having always the human actually being on the forefront of the decision-making process. So we've got, uh, they've got to apply to the 10 ethical criteria, and therefore that secures in some ways their intention to bypass uh, their initial thought about how they want to make their innovations evolve uh, in moving forward. Um, And at the fund level, we have, uh, you know, sort of uh, financial terms that basically are preventing us or preventing them from, uh, you know, um, uh, choosing another path and uh, you know, finding ways of applying those technologies for for the bad reasons.
0: Hmm. And that's also something you must deal with as you're trying to find ways to help machines think more like a human, as as you explained to us earlier. Right. Um, how do you weigh those concerns? I mean, people talk about this idea of singularity, where machine intelligence could surpass human intelligence. Do you worry about? the risks of training machines to think in that way?
2: Right. So as a computer scientist, I, <clears throat> I never worried about that at all. So I always consider that AI as a tool, right? So it likes other tools. Um <clears throat> Very interesting example is that decades ago, when we first invent washing machines or dishwashers, People also advertise that as the AI-enabled machines. Can you believe that? Um, and also, there's tons of media talk about the threat of the job, human jobs, right? So, because at that time, there's a lot of people working on washing clothes for the others, washing dishes. Um, so, but now, today, we just think those are the tools, those are the dumb machines. We don't think those are the AIs. But for the autonomous driving cars, um, right now, we think, wow, that's scary, right? So the car can drive by itself. But uh, a decade later, I would say, our next generation we think those are the same as the washing machines. Right? Those are the tools for human beings. So, um, we're, we're used to that. Yeah.
0: And so, can you talk a little bit about how you know there are a lot of ethical decisions that we mm-hmm. make every day, and, and some right. that we really don't even think about consciously. Mm-hmm. Right. So, how do you pass that? type of process on to a machine?
2: Right. Uh, that's a very good question that people talk about um, the truly problem, right? So whether the car will <clears throat> crash into the wall to kill the podes- um, people, passengers in the car or uh, hit other uh, pedestrians. So that's a hard decision. But what we're trying to do is to train an AI that can make a lot of micro um, Choli problems, like hard decisions. For example, <clears throat> should I slow down to let other people go first? Um, or should we just uh, signal to other people that I should go first, right? So do those problems so that we can prevent us to getting to um, the, the same point that we have to make the hard Choli problem decision. Because when we get there, there's no good choice, right? What we can do is take time um, to prevent that to happen, yeah.
0: And from your sense right now, I, mean, I think we're in an interesting place where there are certain cities where you're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of testing of a- autonomous right. vehicles, and mm-hmm. in Arizona, certainly, there's right. there's been a lot of activity. And so how much do you think some of the bigger companies that have been out there really on the road so far, like Uber and um, Waymo, are, mm-hmm. are thinking about these types of decision-making processes?
2: Yeah, so I think um, right now it's um, after some accidents, so definitely that's the common um, awareness that the safety of the autonomous vehicle is very important. And I, see, um, I saw quite a few companies publish their safety report, and they hire dedicated people working on the safety side of the autonomous vehicles. Most of the companies, they have at least two safety drivers um, that can back, back up each other. Um, so I think it's getting better.
0: And Philippe, um, just looking generally at where we are right now with when it comes to AI, we're increasingly hearing regulators talk about artificial intelligence um in the u.s congress i know there's um a caucus specifically focused on that and just looking at where we are right now and the investments you're making what involvement do you think um, legislative branches like the u.s congress should have in um, the development of ai right now
1: well ethics is is obviously one that needs to be completely embedded in the whole thinking process of how these technologies should evolve Um, There have been initiatives around the world that have highlighted the importance of uh, making sure that we actually are putting the right sort of format in place to secure the future of humankind. Um, This has to be embedded by not only the Congress, but by any political um, sort of uh, organizations around the world. And there have been initiatives from some of those countries more advanced than others, um, certainly sort of involving in that respect, as we said before people with different levels of expertise, different type of expertise is, is essential. So uh, we see a lot of initiatives, you know, gathering only scientists um, and not only sort of involving as well as you know philosophers, uh, sociologists, uh, and entrepreneurs. Again, the importance of having a very pragmatic and tangible approach to those issues and to what we, we mean by ethics is extremely important.
0: Interesting. And on the point with um, self-driving cars and, and decision-making, What role should regulators have in controlling that process down the line?
2: Yeah, so I think that um, government eventually will play a very important role because the the decision that made in autonomous vehicles can be uh, very critical, right, to people's life. Um, And I think the currently the most important thing is to communicate on both sides, right? So the government have to be very clear about what's their intention, what they're trying to promote, and what's the guideline. And at the same time, for the autonomous vehicles, companies also need to be relatively transparent to share what is the real... Um, problem was the real uh, um, like progress, so that we can understand each other and decide this um, this agenda or regulation like um, over the time. Yeah.
0: And right now, I mean, we were talking about Arizona before, but it seems like there's really a patchwork environment in the mm-hmm. U.S. when it comes to regulation. Mm-hmm. How do you think that's impacting the rollout of this technology?
2: Yeah, I think that's a good thing because we don't have a centralized okay we do have centralized effort uh, to push the AV forward but uh, <clears throat> the different state also have slightly different opinion that also ref- reflects the diversity um, of the public's opinion right so and the different states try different policies I think that's was also helpful in a way that um, we can see over time that what type of uh, regulation can actually really work and can really push um, the um, the technology forward. But, uh, but our goal, like everyone I think in the space, is trying to make it happen, right? So no one's trying to prevent this to happen because we know there's the trend that uh, we cannot stop.
0: And so, Philippe, uh, talking about patchwork environments, it, it made me think of the competition that you run and how it was in Europe last year and is going to be in Singapore this year. And so, when you're thinking about ethics and AI, what are some of the biggest cultural differences you see from country to country as you run this competition? I think
1: that the privacy is probably the one that um, very sort of varies a lot from from one continent to another or one country to the other. As you know in Europe we have we have a, a motion which has been you know, voted and which protects you know, the, the, the privacy of, uh, of our data. But yet, you know, we also hear that there are different ways still to, uh, to go around that measure. So, uh, so I think that's, that's really, uh, if, I, if I was to, to sort of highlight one of the uh, main sort of uh, uh, issues that we face is probably data privacy. Uh, we've seen you know, the, the likes of the Facebook and so on um, dealing with those type of issues, and, and yet there's still a lot of work to be done in that respect so in terms of cultural difference probably you know some of the countries are more advanced as i said before in terms of putting in place a regulation that actually helps us as, as users and users to be uh, to be confident that our data are not spread uh, everywhere and used by by parties that we wouldn't like them to uh, you know by parties that are not allowed to to use them um, so yeah that that would be uh, the one that really strikes out of uh,
0: and separate from the regulatory environment, what do you think will be the biggest differences in the technologies that you consider this year as compared to last year, now that you're going to a different area?
1: I think healthcare is, is, has still a lot to, to offer in terms of uh, innovations and using AI and robotics. Um, and there, we're seeing a lot of uh, innovations kicking off. You know, we, were, we had this discussion before, but uh, within the last two years, uh, we've seen a, a huge jump of uh, startups uh, you know, being created in AI and robotics. Um, probably more in AI and robotics, given that the hype around the notion of AI is probably increasing uh, by by the day. But um, certainly, healthcare is, uh, is is one sector that I see booming uh, for 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 the next sort of couple of three years. Yeah.
0: And as an investor in this category, as we're seeing this boom in startups um, talking about AI, I mean, you don't have to look further than the headlines from CES this week to see how prevalent this has become. Yes. How are you cutting through the noise?
1: Well, sort of. Um, Basically, sort of using that vertical, uh, which is you know the competition, the Robot of the Year, which basically sets an environment, an ecosystem that really sort of orientate the debate and the way we would like those innovations to grow moving forward. Help us, you know, getting to grip with what exactly is happening and how we can find ways of orientating those uh, those uh, uh, you know uh, exchanges and thinking around what ethics actually do mean for those uh, when we talk about AI and robotics. So this is this is our ways. Or our way, or our approach, actually to be part of the game and trying to again have this very pragmatic view and, and approach and, and vision as to what is really happening um, on the ground.
0: Hmm. And in addition to healthcare, what are the other sectors that you're paying attention to?
1: Education and environment are probably the other two sectors that we see really growing fast. Um, and um, again, some of the projects w- that we see are not necessarily focusing on one specific sector but you'll find that um, those innovations have a, 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 an application across industries that is extremely interesting. We're working, for example, with a company that actually works on data privacy and the way our data is being managed and giving ownership to the end users as, you know, as, you know, as far as the data are concerned. concern. And you can see that that implication has uh, a, a very positive impact on the consumption of energy. Uh, you know, the use of servers by, you know, as a consequence will be much less. And therefore, the the use of electricity will be much less. So, you know, examples like this are flourishing um, and it's really reassuring in some ways. We just, again, need to be extremely uh, coherent and careful of how we shape. Those, uh, this, uh, this environment, uh, as and when we 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 mention and we think about ethics.
0: And I actually have a question here for you from Raj on Twitter. Um, he asked, "Are there common themes that appear among the submissions um, for the Robot of the Year competition?" And you just mentioned education. Are, are there any implications from those themes for educators?
1: Um, well, this it's funny actually. It's just a wider sort of uh, maybe the wider question would be um, just to to see how much you know. There's a big move towards um, social impact you know, as far as AI and robotics is concerned. Uh, we were not sort of um, expecting to see that many applications, certainly not for the first editions. And you, you can see that uh, in that sort of, you know, there's, there's a whole sort of new shift in, in, in sort of uh, the, the crowd that has been involved in AI and robotics towards anything that can have a really positive impact for humans. So uh, I think this is. This, the trend is just going to grow uh, exponentially uh, in the coming years and, and in the coming months. And this is going to be, I think, a key evolution of how we see the uh, uh, the progress of AI and robotics moving forward.
0: And so as we talk about that key progress that's ha- that you're seeing happen right now, we've also had a lot of coverage here at the Post about some of the short-term consequences of AI um, coverage. about things like deep fakes or other ways that AI can be misleading to the public. Um, When you think about some of the short-term problems that AI might cause, um, looking ahead to this year in 2019, what are you both most concerned about?
2: Um, For me, I think, uh, like I mentioned, that um, AI is always be a tool, right? So uh, what matters is who used the tool in what way, right? So I think a lot of initiatives about Aesthetics is a very important discussion to let people know wh- where we can use the, the AI, and uh, <coughs> like the current, the bigger concern is the privacy, the data, right? So like, um, like deep fake that you mentioned that people use the data in the wrong places, right? And that can misleading people. And I think how can we um, regulate uh, the data usage? And uh, those are the main things I think.
1: Yeah, I would tend to agree with you, and and also again, given sort of the um, sort of reality check that we have uh, going through the vertical of the robot of the year, and 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 within the ecosystem that we've built so far, we see uh, we see that a lot of innovations are actually starting to address those those issues and finding ways of uh, securing uh, the way we interact with with some of those tools and and securing the way we treat, it, informa- we treat information. Um, and, um, and, and, and so on. So it's, it's, uh, it's very much like, uh, yes, there are issues. Obviously, there will be always be issues. But the more we advance in the process of creating those innovations and putting together those innovations, promoting them, uh, a, lot, a lot of those innovations are actually addressing problems that are actually occurring now. And, uh, and, and, and I think this is going to be a moving sort of process uh, in the coming years. Um, you know, issue that will be identified will then be tackled by other innovations that will find a way to address those issues
0: really interesting well unfortunately that's all the time that we have for our panel today i want to thank everyone for joining us today for um this session on ai transformers here at the post and you can um, catch up on the videos from all of today's panels on our website and look for information about future events thank you thank you